ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Hello? You play to win the game. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. To LeBron James! That was insane! Officially insane, LeBron James! Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Claws to the Walls. And I'm your host, Ethan Hamilton. And today I'm with... Ethan Quintero. Omar Bartra. And Gabe Sun. <laughs> and today we're going to talk about the um, the NBA Orlando bubble because we're now under like two weeks away, two, three weeks away from them returning back and them finishing the season. They should be coming back, I think, uh, July 31st is when they should come back. Um, that's when the the eight uh, remaining regular season games should start and then the postseason will resume after that. So what is your guys' reaction to the to the NBA coming back so far? I am extremely excited, man. I finally get to watch some NBA basketball. It's been too long. I know people are worried about COVID. I'm worried about COVID too. I don't want anybody to get it. But like at the same time, we need to be entertained. Like as a country, we need something to watch. And the NBA is the perfect, perfect distraction from all this COVID mess. And I, I know it's I know it's a far like it's it's gonna be impossible to see, but I really want the Spurs to make the playoffs. I just I want that streak to remain alive. This gives us hope. This gives us a little bit of hope. No matter how slim it is, it gives us a little bit of hope. Come on, Gage. A little bit of hope. See, here's, <laughs> here's, here's my view on it. In five years, ten years, people look back on the season and said, this person made the playoffs because of coronavirus. So, uh, just put an asterisk on it. Streak continues, and I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that, too. Wow. You know, I'm going to 100% agree with Ethan Quintero because, I mean – I've I've just been like dying to get some sports in my life, and as much as I would love to see the Spurs make the playoffs, because you know San Antonio native and all that, um, I gotta think realistically here and say, even though Dejounte shaved his hair and Lonnie Walker shaved his hair, no amount of I think talent on that team could save them now. Um, I mean, especially because Lamarcus Aldridge is out. Uh, you know, when Demar Derozan's your best player. Um, Thank you, you know, forgetting you, about the goat Tyler Zeller that just signed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. First. Sorry, sorry about Tyler Zeller. But anyway, <laughs> what seed are they? What seed are they? We're tied. We're tied for ninth with the Pelicans. Yeah, uh, with the Pelicans and the Kings. Oh y'all, y'all can kiss that goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> the NBA one's on in the playoffs. Way too bad. <laughs> yeah, the Pelicans' schedule is super easy. They yeah. won Zion versus LeBron first round. Way too bad. Have you seen um, – they definitely want the Grizzlies in there because they're tied too. Have you seen how bad the Grizzlies schedule is? No, they got a – they got a really – they don't have an easy schedule, but out of all of them, they got a, like a middle of the pack, especially because they're like two, three games ahead of the, the ninth seed. So – The Grizzlies, they have to play um, the Celtics, the Bucks, the Pelicans, the Thunder, the Trailblazers, the Spurs, the Raptors, and the Jazz. That's crazy. That's – whereas – the Pelicans have to play the Magic, the Kings twice, the Wizards. Like, it's just, it's not, it's not the same equality of difficulty. in the. How do they decide that? How do they decide who they would play? Was it just like random? Adam Silver did the Pelicans first and then everybody else in a randomizer. That's, no, that's no, what it seems like. You know who has the hardest <laughs> schedule? Like, I, I don't, I don't want to be that Lakers fan. The Lakers got the hardest schedule by far. They got to play 
Raptors, Clippers, Jazz, the Thunder, the Rockets, the Pacers, and the Nuggets. Yeah, I think I think I think Memphis is harder purely for the fact that instead of Nuggets and Pelicans, they have to play the Celtics and the Bucks. Yeah, and instead of the Kings, they have to play the the Pelicans. But I, I think I think Lakers are definitely up there in terms of difficulty. But I think Memphis is still the hardest. To be honest, the Lakers play every the, all the best teams in the NBA except for the Bucks. They play everybody. They play everybody <laughs> except for the best team in the NBA, and that's the Bucks. So yeah, I guess. I, I guess we should just move on to this question because I, I wanted to hear y'all's take on it. Who do you think is going to win it all? And let's go. Let's start with Ethan Quintero. Man, uh, I'll give you for sure who I think is going to be in the finals is Milwaukee and the Lakers. I, I, earlier in the season, I would have told you Clippers for sure, but because of injuries and load management, they hadn't gotten a lot of playing time together in the first place. And now that they've gotten all this time off, it's going to be even harder for them to find their like groove, especially in the playoffs. So I'm going with LeBron. He's been working out. and But I'm going to give the edge to Giannis. I think Giannis is going to try and get his first ring, especially since if he doesn't win this year, he's probably going to leave Milwaukee. At least that's what I think. Soft hands, what do you think, man? Um, like For your exact reasoning is why I'm picking the Clippers because mm. the Lakers were scorching hot to end the year. You got to think about it. They came off that like – extremely impressive weekend where they beat the the Bucks and the Clippers pretty handedly in which like they had a pretty slow start to the season and you didn't really see LeBron like actually like turn that gear and he was starting to turn that gear and like for the season to end right then right when he was starting I think it's gonna hurt them especially because um they're gonna need like in a, in a series against like the the Rockets or the um, the Clippers, they're going to need that third option, and I still don't think they have that third option. Like in their that last game where they played the Clippers, Avery Bradley went nuts from the three-point line, and now mm-hmm. he's gone. And, like, I'm not counting JR to give me, like, two games like that at least. The, the Henny seven. God, though? The Henny God? Come on, bro. No, no. If they, if they win the finals, that's not JR. But, like, in, in an actual game, I'm cool. I, <laughs> I don't got to worry All about right. JR. You don't have enough confidence in JR, man. But, Omar, what do you think, man? Before before I give my thought, Avery Bradley isn't playing because he's electing not to, right? He's not sick at yeah. all. He's just electing yeah. not to play. Okay, I thought yeah. so. I just wanted to make yeah. sure. it has something to do with him. I think he has um, has to do with his mother and him having a new kid, something like that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, maybe you can't really blame the guy, you know, depending on everything that's going around. You can't really blame anybody, to be honest. So I understand that. Um, also, uh, breaking news: this may be the first time that anyone on this. Uh, Chad has heard, but the Bucks just shot uh, just shut down the training facilities because of the coronavirus tests came in. Yep, the Bucks uh, and the Clippers have both shut down their training facilities. So we'll see where stuff goes from right now. They were my favorites to win. Um, I was planning on thinking the finals was going to be like uh, Ethan said earlier was going to be Bucks Lakers, and I think the Bucks are going to take it. I think at this point Giannis is the best player in the NBA, and he's got you know a good supporting cast around him and a lot of really solid players. A guy that not enough people talk about is Eric Bledsoe and George Hill, that point guard duo. It's not like they have a superstar point guard, but they have two solid point guards, whether it's the first string or the second string. And they're defensively tough too. But soft hands, would you, or it looks like you have something to say. Yeah, I was going to say, the only thing with the Bucks is like, Giannis is like otherworldly, but like that Raptors series last year taught me one thing is that like, they need a guard or just anybody on the perimeter to make shots late in games. Because the main thing I think that hurt them last year playing against Toronto is that, sure, Giannis slowed down, but Giannis is still getting 
25, 10 and five. It was just that like Bledsoe and Middleton were shooting awfully from the three point line. And if they didn't have something like that playoffs last year. Yeah, they shot. Yeah, you're right. Like they shot so awful. Those last four games against Toronto, if they don't have like if Middleton doesn't step up or Bledsoe doesn't step up, they they won't make it past um, the Lakers or the Clippers. Do you know who was uh, stepping it up right towards the end of the season that um, wasn't even there last season? Uh, you're talking about DiVincenzo? DiVincenzo. He's good. He's DiVincenzo good. was playing really well at the end of the season. His last two games, he dropped 16 and 17 points, both in over 50% shooting. And over the season, he was averaging 10 points a game on, you know, 35% from three. So he was stepping up. Um, they got Kyle Korver now coming off the bench for shooting. Kyle Korver's, uh, he got signed in the middle of the season, if I remember correctly. And in the last game, he dropped 23 points, five for 11 from three. Like they have shooting on the outside. That's not Chris Middleton now because Chris Middleton is second best player on that team, but he's very inconsistent. Yeah. But the thing is, is like you paid the big bucks. You played, you paid Bledsoe over Brogdon for this reason only to make it to the finals. Exactly. You paid Middleton that huge, uh, super max that he got to win the finals. So if they, I don't care. Like, I don't know about me. I don't care about if DiVincenzo or Corver don't show up. It's about those two guys. That's the reason why they got paid. I think I want to see Bledsoe be a champ. I want to see him be a starting point guard on the championship team because back in the day, I was a big Suns fan when the Suns had the best point guard rotation in the NBA when they had Isaiah Thomas, Eric Bledsoe, and uh, Goran Dragic, and they had Gerald Green there playing with them too. That team was not good, but they were so entertaining to watch, and I've been a fan of all of those guys since. And Eric Bledsoe, I always thought, was the best out of the four, and now he's the point guard of probably the best team in the NBA right now. And if he can play the way he's shown he can in the past, this will be a very good a very good ending to the season and a, a good show to put on for the fans that have been stuck at home without basketball for a while. Yeah, and I'm going to go down – I'm going to go off of that and kind of say that, um, you know, the Bucks I feel like, are the most talented team. Um, I think that Giannis and the whole ra- the whole roster stacked defensively. They got guys who can score the ball, DiVincenzo, like we mentioned. For me, it's a lot of fan favorites, too. Um, players that I enjoy watching just because of the way they play. Um, but I don't know, man. Uh, I would love to see them win, but a feeling there's a feeling inside of me that says LeBron's going to get another one. And if I had to choose right now, I would put money on the Lakers. Yeah, that's that's not a bad bet. I think this is LeBron, like, to be honest, like, this is LeBron's last, like, real, real chance. Especially if Anthony Davis doesn't make, like, that big leap to, like, a top two or three player, this is his last shot. I, I don't know. I think I think he'll be in the conversation for at least another two years, but I think this would be a good year to win it for him um, just because he faced a lot of adversity last season after the Lakers – didn't make the playoffs and um you know he struggled with that injury and i don't know i feel like this is a good way for him to kind of um i guess like rebuild i guess his uh i don't know uh, i guess what would you call it because it, it didn't hurt his legacy i guess you mean like put the stamp put the stamp yeah yeah, yeah yeah like put his stamp on his lakers legacy i guess like if he wins a championship i don't think there should be any argument that lebron is a top top two player of all time that that's just my opinion but uh, i got a question for you guys uh, a lot of signings obviously because people are dropping out from covid uh, testing positive or just because they don't want to like avery bradley but for the lakers who do y'all think's gonna help more so i mean i, I think it's pretty obvious but i'm gonna open it up just in case Dion waiters or jr smith um i guess i'll go first i think jr is just like he's a more usable player than um 
than Dion. Dion's like a scorer, but we ain't seen Dion all season. Do it like he ain't done nothing, especially with the heat. He was had the whole issues with him and certain gummies on a plane. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, he 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 doesn't see that he's really prepared for the season. And I know Jr. can get the play defense at least. So the issue with Dion Waiters as well is, I mean, even before the whole plane incident, he was shooting twenty two percent from the field from three or from from two. I'm sorry, not from three. From inside the line, you're shooting 22%. And that's not a good percentage for a dude who's a shooting guard needs to get to the basket to open up shots for other people. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to double down and say J.R. Smith is the guy. Um, but, I mean, adding both of those pieces, you know, could help them. But then again, it could hurt them. You know that both of those guys are very um, – I don't know. Let's just say there was a reason they weren't signed to a team before this. <laughs> but um, – yeah, I, I would have to agree and say J.R. Smith is probably the bigger signing. Do you think a, Danny Green can can step up in the playoffs like he has in the past before? I lost all hope for Danny Green after the 2014 NBA Finals. He's, <laughs> shown, he's shown flashes of playing really well in the playoffs, especially last year at Toronto. He had a couple of really big games in the postseason. But. Yeah, but you can't count on Danny Green being like the third best scorer. He's like he's an elite defender. He can guard like the best guard in the other team and slow them down like him. He showed that last year against Curry, like whenever Clay went out, him and uh, Fred Van Vliet, like they were really pressuring those Curry, boys like, up. That, that final game. But like as your third best score, it's coming now. It's really Kuzma. Can Kuzma get it done? That's that's really it. Can Kuzma get you 15 a game when they need it? I don't know if he can, but I don't think he can. Maybe that's a conversation for a different time because I have another question for y'all. I wanted to see who who's like y'all's sleeper. Who do you think could like make a really deep push out of like the lower seeds? And I want to start with Quintero. Let's let's hear what you guys. What, what do you mean by lower seeds? Like yeah. not a top four seed? Yeah, like a, a bottom four seed. Okay. What seed? I don't know what seed the team is. My first thought was the Rockets. Uh, what's, what seed are the Rockets? Are they fourth? I think they're the fourth seed, but I mean, the Rockets are yeah. good. I think I think, I think the Rockets could. Sleeper. They're going to be a tough out. I don't know if they'll necessarily advance the second round, but I think they're a talented enough team to make a push, especially since Russ and James Harden are kind of, I feel like they're upset <laughs> that they've been counted out for so long because they can't get it done in the playoffs. Both of them have yet to get it done, to, despite having MVPs and being unbelievably good during the regular season. So could they force a game seven, potentially get to the second round? I think so. I think they'd be a very difficult team to play against, especially with all the three-pointers. But it really matters whether or not the three-point is falling because they're not going to get the same calls they get during the regular season, um, like his ridiculous and ones that are obviously not fouls. But, you know, Dan, if the three-pointer – Yeah. What's Dan, up? Tony, Dan Tony's style, like, it's proven it doesn't – like, when, it, when they need it the most, it doesn't work. So – if the yeah, amount of players that D'Antoni has coached, he would have a championship by now if his style was really that effective. Yeah. I'm not saying that he's a good coach. I don't think they're going to win a championship. But I think because of where those two guys are, are in their careers right now, it w- it's going to be a difficult task to stop them from doing what they want to do because they're both dogs and they have that high motor. So I could definitely see that, especially if they get a young team in the first round. The biggest thing for the Rockets with me is just – when they traded Clint Capella, I was like, what are they going to do? Like their biggest, the biggest guy on their, on their starting five is PJ Tucker. Who's like six, seven center. And the thing is like, if you have to go against a big center, like Jokic in the first round, I mean, or 
you know, even later in the playoffs, I mean, what are you going to do against that? He's going to out-rebound you. He's going to, um, you know, they're just going to manhandle you when you got bigger centers like that. So that's my one big thing with the Rockets. Yeah, but the thing with the, with that thing is that, like, playoff basketball is not like how it used to be with centers backing you down in the paint. Like, that's not what – that's not what guys – like, those centers in the West, Jokic, Porzingis, they're not those type of centers. They're finesse centers. And they're they're great, but they're not, like, back you down into the paint. And so I think, like – and plus in the playoffs, the main thing that matters is really guards, like guard mm-hmm. play. They got the best backcourt in the NBA. So I agree with Ethan when he says they're going to be a tough out. For me, I think the team that I'm excited for is, like, I would love to see them play Dallas. Them and Dallas I was I was about to bring that up. be a great series. I think because Porzingis, like, I was reading the other day, the last 15 games before the season ending, he was averaging 25 and 12. Yes, sir. He was damn near an all-star. Like, if he was playing like that the whole season, I don't see why he wouldn't be an all-star. That's why the Mavericks are my sleeper pick <laughs> for for this. Um, I think the Mavericks are absolutely the team that's most undeserving of their ranking. I think that the Mavericks deserve to be the, I think the Mavericks, they're tied for the fifth seed and they're one behind the jazz. I think that they deserve the four seed in the West. I think they're better than no, the Rockets. The, I think they're behind the thunder, the seventh seed. Yeah, no, 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 but they're, they're tied oh, the the under the Rockets and the Mavericks yeah. all have 40 wins. Um, I think the Mavericks are better than the Rockets. I think they're better than the Thunder, and I think they're better than the Jazz at the at fourth. I think the Mavericks are the fourth best team in that conference, and I even think they might be better than the Nuggets on a good day. So the interesting thing is in those last eight games, how's the seeding going to play out? Because will the Mavericks drop to eighth? Will they go up to sixth or fifth? Like how how is that going to play out? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But um, as much as I love the Mavericks pick from both Soft Hands and Omar, um, they got a nice little roster over there. Um, Jalen Brunson's been stepping up. Um, they got some nice guys on that team. Last thing, my last biggest thing. thing my oh, go ahead, go ahead. The, <laughs> Before I go to mine. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My biggest thinking, thing with the Mavericks is Dwight Powell is injured. Yeah. yeah. Dwight Powell point. being out puts a big strain. They've been playing extremely well since he was out. And people have been stepping up. But I feel like if Dwight Powell was on this team, that's a huge change. Yeah, I think he really stepped up this year. But the thing with the Mavs is like, I love, like, I think it's just too early. I hope they don't do the Philly thing where they peak too early. Mm-hmm. I still think Luca and Porzingis are like a, a solid like three four seasons away from like legitimately legitimately being contenders. I think if they have this squad with Curry and um, Tim Hardaway and Dwight Powell and Rick Carlisle like four or five years in the future, I could say that they could upset any team. But now I just feel like Lucas Luca and Porzingis are too young, and especially because Porzingis like his his perimeter shot is not, not that great. Like he shoots a pretty low percentage. He shoots it a lot and I love him for it. But like in his last two games, he shot one for eight, no for five from three. Yeah. He's not shooting really well. And when he gets hot, he gets hot. But I mean, I just think it's too early for them. I, they're my, they're still my sleeper pick. I just don't think it's too early for them. Do you feel like Chris Tapps and Luca and the Mavericks right now are like the 2012, 2013 warriors in that um, they have a potential to become a dynasty? Like, uh, Doncic and Porzingis are they the current version of Clay and Steph? Are they just those people that are too young and they're going to lose to the experience teams at that point? But when they reach their stride and they get the same supporting cast, they can have as much success as them. I feel like they can, but they got to figure out what direction they want to go. They got to figure out like what their trademark thing is going to be, and then build around it. I think they kind of they might have done it too early this year. I don't know. We'll see. But I feel like with them, we got to wait and see like a couple seasons before like. They're ready, ready. 
Yeah, and um, I was going to say mine. And actually, it's funny you mentioned uh, Philly, Soft Hands, because uh, Philly's my pick. I think Philly's the sixth seed in the East, and um, there are a lot of questions uh, about this team coming into the season. Um, ben Simmons' three-point shot has always been a topic of conversation. Um, but for me, I think the roster's really deep. Um, Matisse Thibel is a really good defender who could help guard some of those uh, – he could help guard the Jason Tatums, uh, the Giannis is, I mean, obviously you can't stop a guy like Giannis, but if anyone's going to be close to stopping him, it would be a guy like Matisse Thibel. Um, but Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, like you got a pretty talented roster and I could see them upsetting someone in the first round and then possibly upsetting someone in the second round. I could see this team even making it to the conference finals. And uh, yeah. Another, another sleeper that I have, which it would be my sleeper had the news not come out two days ago that's, I think if Oladipo came back, the Pacers are the second best team in the East. And that's crazy. But that's I, I crazy. Feel, I feel like he's, that injury really took a toll on him. I think he still needs mm-hmm. another season. Because when he came back, he didn't look like how he was. He was missing that balance. I feel like he's, he did. Like if it was if Oladipo was two seasons ago, then I can, I can make the case with you. Him, Sabonis, and I love their coach. I think he's one of the best coaches in the league. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he, he was missing that balance. And then back to Gage, what you were saying about Philly, the only I think Philly's gonna make it to the conference finals. I think it's them in Milwaukee. I think their talent is too great for them not to make it there. It's just Brett Brown is not a good coach. He's just not a good coach. And I feel like they need a great coach to like really figure out how they're gonna run their offense with Simmons and Embiid. And I don't think Brett Brown's that good of a coach. I like Philly. I think Philly could make some noise. I mean, people forget how close they were to beating Toronto last year. If Kawhi Leonard that doesn't hit that impossible four bounce around the rim shot and, from the corner. And Embiid not being like hurt for half the games that series. Mm-hmm. And I know they lost Jimmy Butler, which is huge because he was their closer or whatever. But Jason Richardson kind of takes on that offensive shooter kind of role that Jimmy had. And then Matisse Thibel off the bench could be that lockdown defender that Jimmy I think Simmons, was. Simmons has gotten way better as a defender. Like, I think he's, like, definitely. Our, our, he's up there with Kawhi as, like, the, one of the most elite perimeter defenders in the league. I think the second Absolutely. best defender in the NBA, perimeter defender besides Kawhi, is Matisse Thibel. I feel like even though it's early and he's very, very young and it's he's a rookie. Giannis, what Giannis. He's, what, he's, what he's shown is incredible for a rookie. I mean, he's guarded every position from point guard to – he has the most minutes defended on power fours by anybody not a small forward or power forward or a center. Like, he's been able to shut down people from Kyrie Irving all the way to Davis Bertans. And with just the natural instincts he has for poking the ball loose and getting steals and blocks and just playing general good defense, he's Philly's X factor because if he can step up or if he crumbles, that's depending on Philly's uh, postseason run. Anybody else upset that the Spurs didn't draft Matisse Thibel last I am. I was screaming. I was so upset. I have I have been hyping up Matisse Thibel for so long to everybody. I mean, he's the guy. I don't get how the three-time, I think three-time Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year, the guy that broke Gary Payton and Jason Kidd's steal record, I don't get how he goes 20th in the draft. And when you're a defensive-minded team who takes defenders and turns them into shooters, I don't mm-hmm. get how you pass up on him. And take Luka Samanich. True, I like Luka, but he didn't play like what, what three games this season. Hey, I will say, I think Luka has a higher ceiling than Matisse Thybulle. I think Thybulle is going to be a great defender, but I really don't see him becoming any more anything more than uh, a three and D guy. I think Luka has the potential to be a really good player. He's only nineteen. He's got great size, but 
like I said, this might be a conversation for a different day. Right now we're talking <laughs> about Matisse Thibel and actual playoff teams, not the Spurs. How do y'all feel? How do y'all feel <laughs> like the how do y'all feel like the Heat are gonna do? Um, I like the Heat a lot. Like me too. Like but Jimmy Butler, like honestly, I can see them pushing um uh what's it called? Um the Bucks. But I think his perimeter shot is so bad this year. Like he's not been scoring well at all. He also so, doesn't have to. Well, I mean in a playoff game, we kind of do. Yeah, but I'm saying his his three point shooting is really necessary when you have Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. Yeah, Tyler Hero's been going down a little bit too. Yeah, yeah he he has he has kind of cooled down. But Kendrick Nunn there too. Yeah, yeah, but he also's like only averaging like 18 points a game. Yeah, Jimmy yeah. has not had his best season, but he's he's been a really good leader. But like offensively, like his game is so far from what it was like even last year with Philly. Like I don't see him putting up like a like how he did in that final game against Toronto where he was going toe-to-toe with Kawhi. I don't see him having – getting in that form by the end of the year. Miami will be in contention, I think, in a year, maybe two, if they keep the same pieces and then maybe add one more. They got a lot of cap. They got a lot of – they got like 71 mm-hmm. mil. Something like that. They got a and lot I, I think the most important player for the Heat team is going to be Bam Adebayo, though. Oh, uh, absolutely. Bam Adebayo. I think Bam Adebayo is severely underrated in the league. I think he's a really good player. Um, you know, I think that um, besides his three-point shot, he can do pretty much anything. He's a good passer. Um, he can take the ball up the court. Great defender. Great defender too. So um, did he win the skills? Did he win the skills challenge this year? Did he? I think so. I think he did win it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just, that just goes to show um, how talented of a player he is. Um, another but, another yeah. player that's extremely talented. That's he was a late addition, uh, not quite uh, at the time of the virus, but a little bit before. Andre Godala. Oh, yeah. He's a big piece on that team for being a leader of such a young squad. I mean, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Bam Adebayo, all these guys, Kendrick Nunn that you're listing, are all super young dudes. So when you have Jimmy and Andre Godala and Goran Dragic in the locker room, and even guys like Jay Crowder, like that's those are a big influence in the younger players. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to watch all these teams compete, for sure. For sure. Well, uh, do you guys have anything else you guys want to say? Because it looks like uh, we're going to have to start wrapping up. Yeah, the last thing I have to say is nobody nobody has talked about the Celtics. Do you think they have a chance or are they just Hell yes, they have a chance. As long as Jason Tatum is playing like he was, they're gonna have a chance. But I just wanna see uh Santa, like they got their defense, especially down low. Can they guard a guy like Pascal Siakam? Can they guard a guy like Giannis? Can they put those not guard him, but can they slow them down? Like and I don't think they have enough bodies. But I think they can make a noise. I think they can they're like in the same tier I'd put like the heat. Or I'd put um, Philly, to be honest. I got them in the same tier. Like around like B tier of the, the teams coming back? Yeah. All right. Well, that's all we have to say for today. Yeah, that's all I have to say. Go Spurs, go. <laughs> uh, I'll ride that till I die. <laughs> well, thank you guys for listening and watching. Um, yeah, this is it for another episode of Claws to the Wall. We'll be back in a week or so with more news about the another – another professional team in the NFL. So stay tuned for that. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at KTSW sports and on Twitter at KTSW sports. Also, we have a new YouTube channel. If you guys want to check that out, uh, that's where we'll be uploading some of our new episodes on there as well. And yeah, appreciate you guys for watching. Thanks guys. Thank you.